Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, church. Got you with a little curveball tonight. But I see why God put the word on my heart that he did. Uh, thank you, Pastor, for what you had to say there. And can we just say how blessed we are to have Pastor and his family leading this congregation. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's continue to always lift him and his family up in prayer. And actually, um, right now, if we could just take one minute. Um, he won't say it much, but he is still struggling with a back procedure, uh, trying to heal. So we, can we just take a minute and pray over him right now for God's healing uh, to come upon him? Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for our pastor, Lord God. We pray your healing virtue come over him, Lord God, in Jesus' name. We pray that you touch his back, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We rebuke the enemy trying to attack him, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And what he's trying to do, Lord God, we claim healing in Jesus' name. Your, your name, Lord God, has power and authority over every principality. Right now, we call it, Lord God, in Jesus' name, and we claim it in the name of Jesus. Healing, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, like I said, I, I, I see now why God directed me the way he did tonight. Um, when Pastor first mentioned the possibility of speaking tonight, the first thing that came to my uh, mind and heart was the oneness, uh, the oneness of God and Jesus. But he quickly directed me in another direction, and that was to, to my vault, my, my preaching vault, which, mind you, is not very long or very deep, but it is where he directed me, and, and the and I've taught this and spoke about this before, but never in the, in the congregation to the youth and actually at the jail with Brother Darren Parnell several times. So if you've heard it, I apologize. But every time he's given it to me, he's changed something or added something or done something differently in it. So tonight, um, he's put this on my heart again, but it's stolen identity. Uh, and our identity has been stolen from, from the beginning of time. The enemy, when he attacked and, the, the man, and man fell, he started to steal it on up through uh, the book of Acts Church and our apostolic faith trying to be stolen. For almost 200 years now, the enemy's tried to attack it with doctrines, false doctrines, and so on. Paul fought with it on down the line to right now. And we can see in this time, especially right now, and I believe why I put it on my heart was to Pastor's point about love and loving Houston and what's going on there. We talked yesterday, a few of us, briefly about being called out, but we're still in this world and how that, that, that can be misconstrued sometimes. But the word says God so loved the world. So if he so loved the world, then we need to love the world too and show love to all these different areas and people that are in need. And, and right now we live in a time where our identity is being stolen in so many ways, especially with the advent of media, now social media, we can see it over the last century being attacked so much more fiercely that it's hard to even stop and realize how quickly it's happening so much. Right now we have politicians and media making everything about identity politics. We're seeing this so common and trying to paint this huge broad brush over all of us and put us in this one category, Democratic or Republican. I don't know about you, but even sitting here right, today, right here today, I know there's much more than just that. There's so much more than just that, but they try to paint us into that for their own sake, for their own, for their own power, or for their, only, for, their own, for their profit. So we're under attack constantly, that identity in Christ. Christ is our one and only identity. 
there is no other identity that we should have. Not politics, not political parties, not getting behind one person or another. But it's not just politicians and media. It's people out with self-interest, whatever it may be, to try to get a broad spectrum of people to follow them and say, this is your identity and, and tell us that that's who we are and what we are and try to fixate us on these thoughts and these notions that that's what and who we are and pit us against one another. But that is not who we are. That is not who we are. We heard Sunday night with Brother Jack Cunningham talking about uh, a preacher, I can't remember, Pastor, who he said that said, uh, he said that uh, if we can't all get along down here, we won't all get along up there. And he said, that's wrong. If we can't all get along down here, we won't make it up there. Amen. Our identity is to get along down here. As Christians, we're supposed to be Christ-like. They try oftentimes to paint Christians into this corner of hate. And we don't hate, we love. We are to love. Christ loved. We are to correct. Jesus corrected. And he loved, but he corrected also. If we don't love and we don't correct and we don't tell the truth, then we're not doing what we're supposed to do. I believe it was a year or two ago we had a, a smaller meeting and uh, a video was played of the comedian, one of the comedians of Penn and Teller. Don't know if you've ever seen him or heard them, but he came on and I, I believe he was talking about how he was at one point an atheist and how... He, finally, he had, he had learned about Christ and, and, and got introduced to Jesus. But he had said, and he was in tears crying about this, saying, how would somebody not tell me this? How, how could you not tell me this? If you love so much, how would you not tell me this and allow me to go to hell? And, and we, we sometimes, out of fear, are afraid to tell this truth, to talk about this gospel. We have to know our identity in Christ. And we have to know that we can tell this and we can speak this gospel without fear. And know that it's being done in love. And when somebody challenges us on that, we can say, how would I not tell you this? How can I not tell you this? It's in love. I'm not judging you. I'm not the judge. But I have to tell you the truth of what the gospel says. And if I don't, I'm not being Christ-like. And, and, and we can say and walk away when someone doesn't receive it. That's okay. We don't have to hate them. Jesus said to go knock on their doors and tell them. But if they don't receive it, knock the dust off your sandals and move on. It doesn't say to stay there and hate them, to protest them, to condemn them or judge them. That's what he will do at the time of judgment. But we can walk away and we can say, okay, I have shared the gospel with you. I've said what I believe. I don't hate you now. Now it's up to you to seek that out and find out what that is and what that truth is. I love you. This is my identity in Jesus Christ. Not any political party, but as a saint of God, as a child of God. That is our identity. So I believe it's being attacked even more fiercely with media. We can look back at time, and I look at just the last 50, 80 years, whatever, the advent of television, and you can see... Whatever your stance is on TV, there's no doubt that it can be corruptible. And we have to be careful whether you want, want one or have one or not. We have to be very careful with it. But when I look at the advent of, of media, whether it be radio and television, over the last century, whatever it may be, you can see just the growth. And I look back at, you know, 100 years ago or so, everything was kind of the same. It was kind of normal. There wasn't a whole lot of of different people. There was rich and poor, so on and so forth. But it was still, people were kind of mainstream. 
And then all of a sudden we have media and, and then Elvis Presley comes about. And, and, and we start to see culture starting to shift. Now in the 20s they had, you know, the roaring 20s and all that stuff. But it really took off when media and, and the availability to see and the enemy to take control like he was created to do in the heavens of the airwaves and of the minstrels and of worshiping God and to take control of the, this media outlets. And, and we see throughout the decades just the changes and, and, the, and the different generations that had different things. So Elvis Presley and then we saw Greasers and Socias, if you, if you saw the Outsiders, whatever they may have been called at the time to the hippies, to, to disco and hip-hop, early hip-hop, uh, up through uh, big hair rock, and then grunge, and then later ver- versions of hip-hop. So we just see it changing and gripping cultures and gripping the identities of so many people, buying into this, saying this is what I have to be when we're young and vulnerable and trying to find ourselves and be different than our parents. We hold on to these things, and the enemy has put those things in our paths and on television, MTV, I remember, all these things that that are are allowing us to say, that's what I want to be, that's how I want to dress, that's what I want to look like, all the while getting away from this identity, this apostolic identity, this identity that God God created us to be, and that's what we're going to grab onto, and that's what we're going to take hold of. And the enemy is succeeding in doing that with culture, especially in the United States where we're so blessed because of the prayers of our our, our ancestors, our, our parents and our grandparents. We're so blessed, but the enemy is attacking us so strongly, our kids and our children. And I wonder now when we see the, the young, the new generation, while they're so crazy and look so different. I know every generation behind has always said that. But now I'm even looking at them saying, what in the world is going on? And I think it's because everything's been taken. <laughs> everything's been taken through all these decades. And they're like, well, I don't, we don't know what else to do. So we're going to go completely crazy. And now when I see people out, sometimes I'm like, I have no idea where this is coming from. But now they're just going completely crazy with social media and, and just the, the identity of trying to be just something and, and allow it to take hold of you and, and, and posting these crazy things. How crazy can I get? I got to get crazier than the last post. I have to be crazier than the post that has the most hits, whatever the case may be. And we're just buying into this identity of this culture and it's taking us away from who we are, who we are in Christ. And what we're called to do, to spread the gospel and to love for God so loved the world. And the enemy has hijacked that so much. So it's so important to know what we are and who we are. And it starts in Genesis 1.27. If you can put that up for me. That's where it all starts. And that's where God said, this is what I created you to be. So God created man in his image, own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Notice the distinction, male and female. There was nothing else that he put in there. That's what God created. That's who God created us to be in his image. And when I think of image, I I certainly think of, you know, the way we look, obviously. But it's also the the intricacies of our mind and our attributes of our personalities. I think of my daughter, and we see her, and every, you know, people are like, well, she looks like Liz, she looks like you, so on and so forth. That's an image that we have passed down. But there's also personality traits that are going to come out of her over the years that we're going to see that are like both of us. That, those are the images that she's taken from us and our children take from us. We do 
So image is much bigger than just the way we look. We were created in God's image with his traits. And he loves this world. And he loves his creation. So we have to remember that. And that's the image that we were created in. And we can't allow the enemy to come in and steal that and hijack that like he's done. And we can look at John 10 and 10, exactly what Jesus said about that. If you can pull that up for me. Jesus spoke to exactly what the enemy's trying to do and what he's done and how he's managed to do that. Can we get John 10 and 10, please? I've got it. That's all right. So it says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they may have life and that they may have life more abundantly. So the enemy has come to steal this. The enemy has come to take everything that God has put in us. From the time of the fall of man to right now, the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy all of that. And we can see so many ways that he's done that are the conditions that we're born under, whatever it may be. And now when I've gone, Brother Darren can attest to, to the jail and talked about this. These guys or, or women that we talk to that are in there have been put in there and a judge has told them who they are. Maybe their parents have told them who you are. And the enemy has stolen who they were, who their identity is. That happens to us too. Sitting right here right now, there's things and and traits that we have in us that have come from somewhere other than God. From our past, whatever hurts that we've been through, whatever it may have been, whatever traits, alcoholism, drug addiction, so many things that we have taken on and, and through our culture and through our lives from our parents, whatever it may be that we've become to identify ourselves with. It's so easy to say, well, I'm Irish, so I have a bad temper. That's not a trait of Jesus. Jesus didn't show a temper. He corrected, but that's not a trait. Or I'm Italian, so I have a bad temper. Or I'm this, and I drink a lot. Or I'm that, and I, whatever the case may be. So we just write it off and say, well, that's just who I am. That's a trait that I've inherited. That's an identity that I have. That's a lie. That's part of the enemy's job to steal, kill, and destroy. To allow us to believe that that's who we are. Well, I was abused growing up, so that, that's the trait that I picked up from that. It's just because of that. So I, that's just part of me now. That's going to be part of me that I can't get rid of now. That is a lie. That is not who we are. That is not the image of God. That is not what Jesus did when he died on the cross. That is not what he left us with. That is part of the enemy's job to steal, kill, and destroy. Not what God has done for us. Not what Jesus did for us. So many things that we pick up through our lives that take hold and take root in our bodies, in our minds, that control us. And just every action that we have in an argument or in a tense situation or in a conflict with a spouse, whatever it may be, it takes control of our mind and it causes that reaction to come out of us. That is not Jesus. That is a false trait that we've picked up, that we've, we've taken on from somewhere else. That's not the image of God. The enemy has allowed that to come into our mind and tell us, lie to us, that that is who you are. That is what you are. So I'm going to respond to this because that's just who I am. That's not what Christ did. We can look to Christ and say, how did he respond? Lord, how did you respond, Jesus? What does the word tell me? And I can tell you what the word says. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, if we can pull that up. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things have become new. So when we go down in that water and we come up in that name, the name Jesus Christ, we know now that all those old things have passed away. And I am a new creature in Jesus Christ. I can take hold of that and say that's not who I am. Those feelings that stir up when I may get angry or somebody may offend me, I have to say that's not the new creature that I am. That's a lie. That's the enemy. That was what he came to do is steal that identity of who I am and who God made me. That's not the identity of Christ. That's the new man is different. The new man has to be different because that's what the Lord said. That's what we learned. That's what Jesus said. I died on the cross for a new man, a new man to come up out of that water, to take on a new identity in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We can look again at Paul's teachings if we can go to Ephesians chapter 4. And we'll start in, uh, with, chap- with verse 17. It says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. If we can just wait just a second. So he's saying how, how easily it is. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as the other Gentiles walk. We were Gentiles before we took on that name. That's who and what we were. But when we took on that name, we are no longer those Gentiles that Paul's talking about. That's no longer the way we think. He says, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. Through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. The blindness of being a Gentile. The blindness of not being a new creature in Jesus. And 19 says, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness and the work of all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. We have not so learned Christ. But when we have learned Christ, if so being that we have heard him and have seen taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off the concerning, the forming conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to this deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The new man. Hallelujah. The new man. Can we understand that we don't have to walk in that life anymore? We don't have to walk as a Gentile anymore. We don't have to walk in the lies that the enemy has put in your heart and in your mind anymore. It's over. It's done. It's, it's history. It, came up, it, it died in that water. It died in that water. And if you've not been baptized in that wonderful name, hallelujah. If you've not taken on that name, I encourage you tonight to do it. Hallelujah. There is no other name. There is no other identity that I want. Hallelujah. No other identity that I want. Because it's all going to lead to death. It all leads to death. I know when I'm in my mind and when Charlie reacts and when Charlie's Charlie because the flesh feels different than the spirit. And I know when I'm walking in the spirit. And I know when I come out of it. I may not always know when I'm in it. Everything's going good and songs of worship are playing loud and I'm just 
speaking life into everybody, and then all of a sudden something jars you out of that. Something takes it, takes it out of you, and usually it's an old thing that always bothers you. The enemy sees that and sees you doing this work, sees you walking in this new creature, and he's going to say, Ah, oh, I know what gets you every time. I know what comment. I know that person that's going to get you every time, that coworker, that family member at the family function, or they're just going to call you out of the blue and try to tear you down. They don't even know what they're doing. The enemy is simply trying to steal, kill, and destroy and he's going to use anybody and everybody to do it. That's why we love. That's why we love Houston. That's why we love our enemies. Because it's not them doing it. It's the enemy using them to do it. It's the enemy that is attacking them to attack us. They have no idea that they're tearing us down. Some of them may at the, at the time, but a lot of times they have no idea what they're doing. They're, they're so blinded. They're so not connected to this that they're just using, being used by the enemy. And the enemy's going to say, all right, I'm going to tear you down. I'm going to get you out, out of that mindset. Keep you from doing what God has called you to do. What God has called your purpose to be. To spread the gospel. To encourage. To love. To lift up. And if I can tear you down, I'm going to do that. It's what the enemy's job is. To steal, kill, and destroy. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. And one of the last scriptures I want to look at is 2 Corinthians 4, 15 through 18. And we'll see how so much of the enemy also tries to take just our past and, and, and the things that we've been through in our life. And it starts with, for all things are for your sakes. That, he, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. But thou our outward man perish, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Hallelujah. And 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And then 18 says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Do we know and understand how many things from our past the enemy tries to continue to tear us down? From our childhood, I've shared this story a number of times. No idea what was going on. Too young to even understand the attack that the enemy was putting on my mind. But at five, six, seven years old, whatever it was, playing for a, softball or a baseball team, that, that was terrible. Terrible. But... I don't even, I think we finally won one game after like our third year. <laughs> but, you know, um, our coach was, we always played teams older than us. That was one thing. But, you know, my coach was always like, hey, you know what? Because I would talk about going and playing for other, other teams. I've, t I've said this story before. But the team was called Wiseway. That should have told me right there, stay where you're at. <laughs> the team name was, name was Wiseway. The team that I wanted to be on that beat us and was the best in the town and the neighborhood was called the All-Stars. Again, should have clued me in. We're not the all-stars. God is the all-star. But either way, I wanted so badly to be on the team. And that, the, the beatings that we took constantly, just like in men's softball, if you ever come out and watch us, it's, it's, it's not really changed. Uh, <laughs> so I, I guess I, thankfully the Lord showed me that it's all right. It's not just me. But... Um, 
losing all those games and never being, never winning or whatever. But it took a, it took a toll on my mind. The enemy allowed my mind to start thinking that I was the loser. That, that well, woe was me, this self-pity, and, and, and I was the loser, even though it's just a game for one. But there's other players on the team, and we're playing these, these older kids. But something, he attacked my mind and allowed me to believe that I was the loser. And that stayed with me for many years until he showed me otherwise. He showed me that now every time a, a, a failure comes about in your life, that old mindset comes back. That old thinking comes back, well, woe is me, or, you know, I can't do this. But I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I have to know that that's where my strength comes from. And if I have a failure, it's for the good of God. That it's going to be glorified for some reason. But amen, this, this is telling us that we can't look at this temporal stuff that our eyes see every day. We, we can't look at the things that we go through and allow that to define us, to allow that to become our identity and, and, and to take away from what we're supposed to be and who we are. It steals exactly who we are. Just like when I was a kid and throughout my life, it allowed me to think, okay, that's who I am. You know, I, I can't do this or maybe I just have to take this and I'm not going to be this good or whatever the case may be. I'm going to be as good as God takes me and I'm going to glorify him when that happens. And when I'm struggling, he's still to be glorified because he's putting me through that for a reason. So we have to understand that everything we go through in this flesh is temporal. And again, I want to feel and see what's in the spirit, not what's in the temporal. Because that's what God's looking at. We get so caught up in the pains of this world and this life. And it's easy to do, but it's for a purpose. It's for a purpose. I've heard Brother Brian say many times, this life is for God, but the next life he created for us. So what we go through in this life is temporal, just like the word said. And I can think back 10, 15, 20 years of some of the things that I went through during that time that I thought, how can I get through this? I'm not going to be able to get through this. I'm not going to be able to get through this. But now I look back on it, and it's, thank you, Jesus, for putting me through that. Thank you, Lord God, for putting me through that because now I see who I am and what you've done for me and the blessings that you've brought into my life because of those things. And I can draw off of those things and say, no way. I know what that was used for. And Satan, what you meant for bad, God meant for good. And the word says that God allows everything. He allows it. So he's going to allow, just like with Job, there's a purpose and there's a reason. And this life is but a vapor. And we, look at, and we look at if we stretched out our lifetime on, on a rope, whatever it may be, and then if we put eternity, which is impossible, in the background of that, light, of that rope, it wouldn't, we wouldn't even be able to see it. Eternity is so, is so beyond our mind and ability to think that we can't even grasp it because everything we know has time. Everything that we are about has time. But God's an eternal God. Eternal. So... That's what he cares about. That's what he's putting us through. That's what he is allowing us to go through this life. And the pains and the things that we go through in this life is for that eternity. And when we get there, by and by, all this will be so gone and so over with. And we'll be thankful. It says, you know, so many songs talk about, well, what will I do when I see Jesus? Why I'll do this? Why I do that? I'm just going to thank him. And it says the understanding, amen. 
I'm just going to thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to question him why. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not going to question him why. Why did you put me through this? I'm going to be saying thank you for putting me through this. Because that's why I'm standing here right now in front of you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. If the musicians would come, I do want to, to close here in just a second. But this time in, in, in our culture, in our nation, we have to stand up for our identity. We have to be the ones that say this is our identity. Because nobody else is doing it. The media and politicians are not ever going to do it. We may keep thinking, well, things will get better. And they may for a while. I don't know. But this book says what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen. And we know that God is victorious. And his people that are created in his image and his identity are victorious. And we have to stand on that. We can't allow whatever comes against us, whatever identity, politics we want to get behind. Whatever cultures we want to get behind, whatever things that have been passed down through our family generations. I can't just say, well, that's who I am because that's what my family is. This is who I am. There is nothing else. Hallelujah. We got to stand on this because it's going to continue to come under attack. And if we don't know our identity, we will fall. We will fall to the pressures of politics or culture or whatever it may be. And that's why we pray for our children that are seeing this crazy culture go even crazier than I thought it would ever be. I don't know where it's going, but the more that we see this speed up, this, this social media, whatever it is that's causing all these things to, to happen and come into place, these mindsets, the, we have to stand on this and say, this is my identity. And I'm going to stand on it. And I'm going to pour it into my kids. I'm going to pour it into my neighbors. I'm going to pour it into my family. And I'm going to pray to you, Lord God, because you are the one that created man in your image. And I'm going to stand on that. And I'm going to give that to you. But I'm not going to buy in to these lies. I'm not going to buy into these false identities. I'm not going to allow a past circumstance, a past hurt, or what somebody may tell me they think that I am. I know who I am. A child of the one true king. Thank you, Jesus. Can we seek him right now? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We trust in you, Jesus. We live for you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we need you right now. Speak to our hearts, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes, can we stand and just praise and seek him right now? Can we take a few minutes and just seek him and, and help him to show us our identity and allow him to remind us who we are right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
been you, Jesus. Hallelujah.